Tom Swarbrick on LBC. Call 0345 6060 973. Sarita, thank you. 12.34 is the time. Alistair will come to your call in just a moment. Let's get the latest, though, on what is happening between Russia, Ukraine, NATO, the US and UK as those tensions continue and the uh, NATO alliance, US amongst them, uh, turn down the Russian demand to make sure that Ukraine can never join NATO. Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent, is live in Washington, D.C. for us. Simon, good evening to you. Evening, Tom. Where are we with this tonight? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, the Americans and NATO were never going to accede to that Russian demand permanently to slam NATO's door in the face of Ukraine, Georgia or any other uh, former Soviet Republic, now independent country that might want to join. Uh, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, in announcing that the United States had furnished the Russians finally with the written answers that they have been uh, demanding to their security security uh, concerns. And remember, the Americans were supposed to furnish those answers, according to the Russian timetable, uh, last week. And in the event, uh, Antony Blinken asked for a few more days uh, from the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, and they were finally furnished today, along with a separate written document uh, that NATO provided to the Kremlin. Antony Blinken, talking to reporters at the State Department today, insisted that even though the Americans were uh, spurning the central demand that Russia is making with regard uh, to NATO membership by Ukraine, there is still a path for diplomatic activity open. Today, Ambassador Sullivan delivered our written response in Moscow. All told, it sets out a serious diplomatic path forward should Russia choose it. The document we've delivered includes concerns of the United States and our allies and partners about Russia's actions that undermine security. A principled and pragmatic evaluation of the concerns that Russia has raised and our own proposals for areas where we may be able to find common ground. There was talk at that press briefing about the possibility of negotiating with the Russians about uh, military deployments uh, on the NATO side of the border. Uh, the United States always keeps open the possibility of cooperating with the Russians on the issue uh, of arms control. Eight and a half hours of talks in Paris ended tonight. Uh, talks hosted by the French with the Germans, Russians and Ukrainians present. There was no breakthrough, but there was an agreement to meet again in Berlin in two weeks' time. The Deputy Secretary of State, Wendy Sherman here, suggested today that she doesn't think Vladimir Putin uh, is going to want to risk diplomatic embarrassment with the Chinese by invading Ukraine this side of the opening ceremonies of the Winter Olympics. I'm bound to say I hadn't heard uh, that argument being advanced before, but she seems to think that because Vladimir Putin is travelling to Beijing for those opening ceremonies in, uh, what, nine days' time now. He won't want to um, irritate Xi Jinping by being caught in the middle uh, of a geopolitical standoff with the Americans as the games get underway. But the difficulty the United States faces is establishing this total unanimity that President Biden insists exists with the country's European allies, particularly the Germans, who oppose the fact that the United States is still shipping 70 tonnes uh, this week of lethal aid 
aid uh, to Ukraine. Javelin anti-tank missiles arrived yesterday. There are more apparently arriving uh, in the course of the next few days. And as if to underscore the vast gulf between where Germany stands on all of this and the United States, the Germans today <laughs> announced that they had found 5,000 helmets to send to Ukraine, presumably because they're still looking for the bayonets and the tins of spam. It, I saw that. I was just going to... I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to mention it. Uh, it's it's almost offensive. And I've seen Vitaly Klitschko, who the, the boxer who's mm. now the mayor of Kiev, uh, uh, basically suggested that uh, that it was it was offensive. The, the, the idea that they would send 5,000... 5,000 uh, is well, nowhere I mean, near enough for the force that Ukraine say that they've got to take this on. And helmets. Yes. I just think... I mean, it is almost as though they were trolling the Biden yeah. administration. I mean, there is a real strain uh, that is emerging, no question about it, between uh, this new German government led by Chancellor Olaf Scholz uh, and the Biden administration. I mean, the, the Germans say, look, we're, we're, we're right in the forefront of all of this. We need the, the uh, Russian uh, gas supplies. Uh, they are clearly nervous about the possibility of having to reimpose sanctions over uh, Nord Stream 2, the gas pipeline from Russia that's delivering will, if it's completed, will deliver uh, those supplies uh, to Germany. But also this is definitely causing massive tension mm. in the relationship between that new government, that uh, new left-leaning coalition coalition in Berlin and the Biden administration and you, you know talk about total unanimity 5,000 helmets are just not going to do the job. Can I mention Biden very quickly I know you brought him up in the context of all this Simon this is obviously a massive issue for him and his presidency. I was listening to do you, do you listen to the Talking Politics podcast over here? Do you ever I get it? I haven't. I must confess, I do not. No, no, but I don't shall start. It's really <laughs> worth your time, particularly the version, uh, the the episode they did on Joe Biden and how his presidency is going. Mm. Um, and I'll cut to the chase. TLDR is, I think, what the kids say. Um, it's not going very well. I mean, it's really not going very well. No, no, it's it's. I mean, it's going very badly, uh, and he is now ten months away from the prospect of yeah. losing control of both houses uh, of Congress. His approval rating is, you know, the best case scenario uh, surveys show that his approval rating is just above forty percent. Uh, there are opinion polls that show uh, north of sixty-five percent of the American public feel that the country is on the wrong track. He's underwater on every major issue besetting the country. Uh, including the all-important pocketbook issue of his handling of the economy uh, and inflation. I mean, here's how bad things are. This is one small measure of it. Around about now, Joe Biden should be writing his State of the Union address because it's normally in January or February that the President of the United States heads up to Congress and assures the country that the State of the Union is strong. They've pushed it back to the beginning of March because mm. they are desperately hoping that something happens between now and then to turn his fortunes around so that when he asserts that the state of the union is strong it won't look um like an absurdist claim under the circumstances uh, against which he is heavily laboring now and i tell you what it shows me um because we we tend to get caught up in the froth of the presidential politics particularly around election time but what it's absolutely showing is the power of the president is only as great as the power they've got to do stuff fire the houses and he hasn't got anywhere because he's only he's only one up well, and I think that's the real, that's absolutely the real issue about Joe Biden's presidency that is still confounding to me. 
he governs as though he's got a supermajority. Yeah. And yet yeah. the reality is yeah. he can't get stuff done on Capitol Hill. So you put together this massive build back better public spending uh, deal that is that is uh, mired in difficulty in the US Senate, partly uh, because of two members of his own party. Uh, and then he has to say, well, we'll break it down into its constituent parts then, which many observers argue he should have done from the outset because mm. you were never going to get such a big bill through Congress given the disposition of forces that exists there. And what happens 10 minutes later is Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, says, well, you can't really break it down into chunks. And anyone who suggests that you can doesn't understand the way uh, Capitol Hill works. Mm. Uh, Joe Biden presents himself as a man who uniquely understands yeah, the way in which Capitol Hill and foreign policy work and on both fronts he is just beset with problems it's really really interesting time simon uh, i'm really grateful to you thank you very much indeed simon marks lbc's u.s correspondent live for us in washington dc I, I i part of me wants to do more on where joe, what's happening to joe biden in preparation for the midterms which are coming this year and whatever i i don't know I'll, I'll, you tell me whether you'd want a bit of that we'll see if we can work it out